Shalom, shalom, and welcome. It's Kenny Russell, Bulldozer Faith. We're living life in the Spirit. Hallelujah. What a blessing it is to serve Yahovah, to proclaim His name, to stand upon His promises. Come on. What are His promises? They are yes and amen. And our job is to understand the will of Yahovah, that we are walking in His ways. I hope that you are blessed and encouraged from wherever you're watching. I encourage you just to write in the comment section, give us a shout out, tell us where you're watching from. And um, we really appreciate you joining with us. If you're listening by podcast, welcome. And uh, we encourage you to email us, Kenny at bulldozerfaith.com. Share with us where you are listening from. And uh, we'd love to hear what the Father is doing in your life uh, with testimonies and also prayer requests. So anyway, thanks for joining with us live. What a blessing it is to do these devotion times live. And just to press in in the presence of Yahovah. We never really know what's going to happen, but we know the Father is in charge. And as I've been praying in the Spirit and just really lifting up before the Father what to share on today. I'm going to be sharing from Ephesians chapter 4. And I love the book of Ephesians, but we'll go into that once we pray. But before that, I just want to make a shout out to those that have tuned in and uh, have uh, uh, given us uh, a shout out on the comments section. Welcome, B in Texas. Good to see you. We've got Gerda. Good to see you. Thanks for joining with us. We've got Cassandra. And we've got Rene as well. Thanks for joining with us. So if you're tuning in, like I said, just post in the comments. Give us a shout out. Are you encouraged with these devotions that we do? Uh, if you are, please consider sharing them with others uh, through your social media or by email or whatever form that you please. But it is a blessing to share the message with others. You know, it's surprising the feedback we get from people who have not watched live. They've just been tuning in from other channels. So, Father, we want to thank you for this day. And we ask, Father, that you will move through our lives by the power of your Spirit. Father, we want to be in alignment with your Spirit in every aspect of our life. We come against the assignments of Hasatan. We say, Satan, get your hand of our lives, that we are free, that we are walking in the victory of what it truly means to be born again of the Spirit. We say, devil, you are not going to walk on our miracle. What's our miracle? To walk in the path of salvation. It's miraculous. Hallelujah. You were once dead, but now you're alive in Messiah. So we are alive. So let's celebrate life as we spend time in the Word. And Father, we bless you for the life that you have given us. And we want to be faithful to be those who partake in the calling that you have predestined for us to walk in. And give us eyes to see and ears to hear and maybe be supernaturally alert to what's going on around us and in us and through us in Yeshua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So like I said, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4. And, you know, before uh, we, we read there, I just want to read from Romans chapter 11, verse 29. It says, For the gifts and the calling of Elohim are irrevocable. He has gifts and callings for each and every one of us. So don't walk away from your gifts because you're trying to work it out on the things that you prefer to do and the things that you like best. Well, you know, I'm not doing that for you, God, because this is what I want to do. Well, how did that work out for Moses? How did that work out for Jeremiah? How did that work out for Gideon? <laughs> how did that work out for uh, uh, King Saul? How did that work out for David? You know, it's not like they were waking up thinking, oh, yeah, 
you know, were pumped with this whole message, get ready for greatness. You know, it was more the response of who, me, what? <laughs> you want me to do what? I feel unqualified. And this is what happens when we identify the calling on our lives. It's not just about your ability. In fact, many times it's in spite of your ability that our calling is revealed. He doesn't always use the things that we feel are such natural expressions of our walk. And and this is the great confusion because, uh, you know, as parents, many parents, you know, they want to, you know, encourage the giftings within their children and recognizing what those giftings are outside of the development of what the Holy Spirit is doing within our children. And this is very dangerous. You know, we want people to be, our, our children to be creative. We want them to uh, discover who they are. But more than anything, we want them to press in and take hold of the calling in the the Messiah. And that is what they are truly called to be. And, you know, our understanding of what we think we can do for Elohim in many regards is completely different to what Yahovah really wants to do in our lives. So you might feel unqualified. That's okay. You might feel inadequate. That's okay because it's not about you. It's about who is in you. And I love as we open up Ephesians chapter 4, it starts off with Paul saying, as a prisoner for (coughs) the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. He starts off by proclaiming as a prisoner of the Lord. So what what's he saying in the midst of this? He's you know, he he's basically, you know, pushing himself right down to the lowest position. You know, he's not saying as the ultimate leader over all of you. No, he's saying I'm a prisoner for Yahovah. You know, I am subject to the will and purposes of Yahovah. I urge you then to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So how do we receive that calling? You might be watching right now or listening and thinking, well, you know, that's all right for you. I can see you walking in your calling, but what's the calling over my life? How do we get to that place where we discover the calling of Yahovah? And it's about going through the process of being born again of the Spirit. You can't establish your calling if you're not born again. We've got to go through the process. And I love how he opens things up here in uh, uh, verse 2 of Ephesians. But, you know, just one point. We look at the process of Ephesians and what do we see? We see the alignment of Paul's teaching It's aligned to Yeshua's teachings. He doesn't preach a different gospel. And some people think, ah, you know, Paul brought a different gospel to Yeshua. No, he didn't. He's preaching the same gospel. And when we go through this book to understand who who Yeshua is, it brings transformation and also clarity. Like one new man that we see in Ephesians chapter 2 is not talking about Jews and Gentiles coming together as one. That's not one new man. It's the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom coming together as one. And it's taken from Ezekiel chapter 37, the two sticks becoming one in my hand, dealing with the enmity between the two, and in the the work of Messiah bringing us together, hallelujah, with Messiah as the head. 
So through Ephesians, what we're seeing is we're seeing, number one, where is the spiritual gifts stored up for us? They're stored up in the heavenly realm. So it's not about the order of earth, right? Because we're called to do what? Pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So we don't start from the realm of earth to dictate the interpretation of the scripture because everything we have on earth is only a duplicate or a copy of what is in the heavenly realm. That's why Yeshua, he he didn't have to take his blood to the mercy seat within a temple on earth. He had to take it to the mercy seat in heaven. Why? Because the order of Melchizedek was already set. It didn't go away. It was in place before the Levitical order, and it still was operating and functioning in the heavenly realm. So we've got to, you know, have things in a heavenly perspective. So first things operate from a spiritual perspective before they manifest on an earthly perspective. And this is why I said the other day, when we see things like ordinations and the order of how the spirit moves, when we are ordaining someone within the natural realm, it's because it's already happened in the spiritual realm. And we're just recognizing what Yehovah has uh, sealed upon an individual. And, you know, these things are, are so vitally important. So we're seeing through Ephesians, we're seeing the importance of unity. We're seeing, you know, that we are chosen, that we are sealed, the work of Yeshua, what it does to bring us into salvation. How are we saved? We are not saved by anything that takes place on this earthly realm. We are saved by grace and Messiah because of what Yeshua has done for us. So yes, he operated in the natural realm to bring in the promise, but when did he die? Before the creation, before the foundations of the earth. It was already set. These things were already in motion. So, you know, this is where we've got to Uh, be careful about, you know, where we take our position from and where we start from with regard to interpretation and understanding the scripture. You know, the Father is bringing forth the restoration of fallen man and that restoration already took place before the foundations of the earth, even before the first man sinned. Why? It's going on in the heavenly realm. So what do we need to be? We need to be people who are spiritual. We are born again of the Spirit. We don't have our new bodies at this stage. We don't have our heavenly bodies, but we will be receiving them as we come into the fullness of salvation. But we have what? The guaranteed seal. And for all those people who dismiss the workings of the Holy Spirit, dismiss the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, let me tell you something. The very seal that you are saved, that we belong to him, is that we uh, have the Ruach HaKodesh dwelling within our life. So, okay, now I can read verse 2. Now we can move on with this portion of Scripture. But be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
So it's not about the unity of how we are interacting with each other. It's the unity of the Spirit. Listen, I don't want to know you just this way. I want to know you via Yeshua and to you. I want us to be looking up to who he is, operating in the love of Yehovah, so we can be in unity of the Spirit together to be effective. You know, many people have problems this way, you know, vertically. But we have got to be horizontal in our relationship with the Father and with each other. We have to have that spiritual connection. This is what brings us to the place of unity. So we're not trying to understand an idea. We're not trying to join a club of this is what I agree with and down the road is what this is what they agree with. No, we don't want to be part of clubs and and those types of things. But we want to be those who are built up in the most holy faith in the spirit. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, his shalom. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one immersion. Well, that's interesting because we know there's more than one immersion. So what is this immersion that is spoken of here? It's dealing with the immersion of the spirit that holds us all together. That's what we just read and one spirit. So there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, one Lord, one faith, one immersion, one Elohim and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So it's all about Yahovah. It's all about him dwelling within our life. So we stand upon the rock of who Yeshua is. And, you know, we've, we want to discover what our callings are. And in this next section that opens up here in Ephesians chapter 4, it starts opening up the elements of the spiritual gifts. In Second Peter chapter 1.10, it says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. And you can go back and read Second uh, uh, Peter chapter 1. But basically what we're seeing is be all the more diligent. Be all the more diligent. We've got to make our calling and election sure. It is vitally important that you know who you are. You are not just a Gentile believer. We are not separate. There's not two Gospels, one Gospel for uh, the Jews, one Gospel for the Gentiles. No, there's only one Gospel. There's only one way by which we can be saved, and that's through Yeshua, the Messiah. The work that Yeshua did is the work that belongs to the whole house of Israel. And if you are from uh, outside of the tribes of Israel, you are grafted in to the commonwealth of Israel. So your promise, your blessings are found within Israel. So we don't have to go back into rabbinical understanding or or rabbinical practices to find uh, our faith. We go to Yeshua, who's the author and completer of our faith. So verse 7, But to each one of us grace has been given. And, you know, let me tell you something. You need grace. (laughs) <laughs> to each one of us, grace has been given. And we, you know, what do we see in a, a few chapters before? Chapter 2, it starts dealing with 
the importance of grace. There's no, it's nothing that you have done that's got you to this place. And this is where it's so refreshing to be in the Spirit. Listen, it's so refreshing to be in the Spirit knowing that His grace is has been given to us as, as Messiah um, apportioned it. You know, it's, it's vitally important. We need the grace of Yehovah. We will fail in our flesh, but He will remain faithful. Hallelujah. This is why it says, When He ascended on high, He led captives in His train and gave gifts to men. What does He ascend mean except that He also descended to the lower earthly regions? The Father, how far will He go through Yeshua to take a hold of you. How far will he go? And when he uh, descended, what was he doing? He was going back and he was bringing forth redemption, you know, for those who were before the execution stake and the price that Yeshua paid in his death and resurrection. He is going back and he's bringing forth the gifts to man. What does he ascend mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? Verse 10 he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Hallelujah. So this is the position that Yeshua has gone to. He has authority. Don't think for one minute that Yeshua is limited in his authority. Yes, you have your free will. Yeah, there's, there's the permissible will of Yehovah. You have your free will. You can make your choices. You will be judged on the basis of your choices. But Yeshua is in control. Uh, you know, you're not like the angels where you have to do as you're told. No, you are mankind. You are made in the image of Yehovah. We have the ability to choose blessing or to choose curse. And, you know... You'd think, well, it seems quite simple. You know, choose blessed and cursed, and then you see what happens within the flesh, and you see the failings. And this is why we understand the importance of what it truly means to be those who meditate on the Word. We're not just reading the Word, but we're meditating on the Word. But what do we need to be effective in our faith? What do we need to get to that place where, you know, we know that we are worthy of the calling Received? Are, are, is it just because the worthiness of Yahovah, or is there something that we have to do in our part? And, and what I love about the book of Ephesians, it starts opening up to how we should be operating. How should our mind be thinking? What tools do we need to be effective in the presence of Yahovah and to be about the will and purpose of Yahovah. So what we are seeing here is we're seeing the opening up of spiritual gifts in this uh, chapter in verse 9. Uh, sorry, verse 10. No, it's not verse 10. It's verse 11. Hallelujah. It was he who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare Elohim's people for works of service. So we see the body ministry taking place. And, you know, look, I've been around the block. I have witnessed the abuse. I have witnessed uh, how people have used these positions uh, to manipulate, to control, to, contr uh, uh, to destroy people's lives. And, you know, we live in a generation today where people are like, you know what? 
Don't talk to me about apostles. Don't talk to me about uh, prophets or pastors or, or these evangelists. Why? Because, you know, it's, it's like they're fleecing the sheep. Instead of serving and ministering for the purpose of building up, it's not about ownership. It's about equipping so that people are growing in faith. And it shouldn't be about how many people are staying with us. It's how many people are being sent, being released, just like I talked about ordination, recognizing those amongst us and the callings and the giftings on their life so that room is made for them to grow, that room is made for them to function as the Father has called them. So don't be afraid of, uh, you know, the, the pastoral office or the, the, the gift of teaching or, you know, what some call the fivefold ministry. You know, some call it the fourfold pastors and teachers together. But, you know, what are we talking about? We're talking about recognizing that the Father is going to equip people. You know, what is an evangelist? An evangelist is not someone that just does mass crusades and all these people lift their hands. Evangelists are those who teach people how to be effective in winning the loss within their community. You know, I love the the calling on my life as an evangelist. I love to evangelize. But do you know what I love more than just evangelizing? I love to teach people and equip people and enable people in being effective in evangelism. And that's the office of of an evangelist and you know this is what we see the the apostolic office what does that look like he is the first to do something and he's the last to be recognized why he doesn't hang around so he's planting he's growing and then he's leaving and you know we uh, through our, our our ministry the last 30 years let me tell you something there is literally thousands of groups that have started up and home fellowships and stuff all over the world because of the the teaching and the things that we have planted and you know i remember one day walking in tiberius when um uh, uh, a few people from australia came up to me and said that you know our ministry radically transformed their life in fact they now have groups not just one group but multiple groups in their area that has happened because they've been woken up to the Hebraic walk of the faith, following the feasts and walking in these ways. It's transformed their lives. And, and now there's different groups that are in existence because of our teaching, because of our ministry. And that's encouraging. And we had that in the house church movement as well, you know, when we had over 35,000 people and uh, connecting with us and our radio platform was going all over the world. And we would hear testimonies just like that as well. And that's awesome. So the apostle is the first to do things. He's the last to be recognized. Why is he last to be recognized? Because when you're looking for him to say, oh, we're so blessed because of you, we're so blessed at what you've planted and what you're doing. The problem is he's not there anymore because he's equipping other people to be effective and he's moving on to the next pioneer work. He's always building, he's always moving. The prophet, what's the call of the prophet? To bring people in line of the word. It's not the alternative to the fortune teller. Now, yes, as a prophet, you can have a word that is very direct into people's life. But we don't need these lines being formed within K 
KLRs or fellowships where you get your number and, you know, we're just all going to pray in the Spirit and what's God saying and you got a word from the prophet. You know, this is not how the office of prophet is meant to operate. But in this office, those who are called to be prophets, you know, they should be uh, overseeing words that are going out. And it should be the company of prophets that confirm that words are of Yahovah bringing forth that witness. And, you know, sometimes these are positions that are shunned because, you know, people just don't want to say, oh, well, you know, that person's a prophet, this person's a prophet, or or maybe, you know, I'm a prophet, you're a prophet. You know, oh, oh, if you say you're a prophet, oh, you must have a spirit of pride. If you say you're an apostle, you must have a spirit of pride. Listen, you don't need to say who you are. Just live your life and let people put labels on you. But there is also that place where, as the body of Messiah, we recognize the gifts and the lives of people and how the Father has anointed them. It was he, it was Yeshua who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, others pastors. Now what is it about that pastoral position? It's the one who cares for the needs of others. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily the best gifted person in the area of pastoral care, but one thing I do from a pastoral perspective. And, you know, here's another thing about the apostolic. The apostolic is going to function in all of these different uh, uh, giftings as well. That's that's one of the uh, points of the apostle. You know, it's not just that they're pioneering and they're launching works. But when they go, there's no one else. So they're being the evangelist. They're being the pastor. They're being the teacher. You know, they're being the prophet, they're being all of this till they raise the people up and empower people in their gifts and their calling. But in this pastoral office, you know, I you know, I take this serious in this area because I have more of an apostolic calling on my life. But from a pastoral perspective, I take the time to be in prayer. I take the time to be in communication. And I'm not always good at that from that perspective because, you know, I'm pioneering and I'm building and I'm doing all these other things and evangelizing. And, but I still make sure I'm up early in the morning and we're looking at all these areas. How are we ministering, standing in the gap on behalf of others? The teaching gift, what's the teacher doing? He should be encouraging and raising up other people to teach. It shouldn't just be teaching by word, but like we talked about the other day, you know, to teach is also to walk and to do together so that we can truly learn and understand. And the greatest form of learning is not, in, is not sitting in a lecture hall. The greatest form of learning is actually being <laughs> uh, and doing the Word, applying the Word. This is the greatest element of what a teacher can bring. And, you know, I love to see the teaching gifts and to see those who will take you deeper. But if they take you deeper and basically <laughs> bind you to a process that you can't apply, uh, that you, you can't expand on, you can't share, it's not bringing glory to Yehovah, you've got to be so careful of what takes place. And we all know that, you know, in the area of teaching, we hear a lot about false teachers uh, 
teaching things and their perspectives that they teach, we've got to go back to the Word and identify, is this Word that they are teaching true? And we should be able to test everything in accordance with the Scriptures. Hallelujah. So the purpose of these gifts is to prepare Elohim's people for the works of service. It's putting the body of Messiah to work so that the body of Messiah may be built up. Hallelujah. Until what? Until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of Elohim and become mature. Your version might say, and become complete. And this is the, the, you know, what I love about this word mature and this word completion. Attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Messiah. Is it possible? Is it possible for us to get to that place? Hallelujah. Yes, if we can get all of this functioning together. But if we are scattered, we're all over the place. We're not being gathered. We're not coming together. We're not walking together. We're not growing together. Then you don't see all of this functioning in the strongest form. And my prayer is that, you know, with um, Crossing Point Global Community is to bring us to a place of oneness in the Spirit, to be effective where we identify who people are. And yes, it's remote as well, but we're, we're going to be looking at doing a lot more than just remote. We're going to be looking at Livingstone Torah outreach and how we are training people in evangelism and really press in with us right now as we get ready because we're going to be doing this in the in the Texas area in these coming few months. We're just getting things ready for that. And, you know, that's the word of Yahovah. That's what he's saying to us. That's where we're going to reach out to, and it's how we're going to be working. And it's just confirming the word of Yahovah that he gave me last year as well. Thank you, Father. So verse 14, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Okay, so this is important what we see. We see that if we can get to a place where we will align ourselves together as a people, one will send a thousand to flight. Well, hallelujah, brother, that's me. It's just me, myself, and I for Jesus, for Yeshua. No, we are called to be the body of Messiah. I need you just as much as you need me. We need to walk together. We have to grow together in the Spirit so we can be effective. Why? It will bring us to a place of maturity as we start to see the gifts of the body of Messiah functioning within our groups, within our gatherings together. Hallelujah. So it's talking about those teachings. It's talking about, you know, it doesn't just talk about, oh, you know, some weird, some way out teaching. What does it talk about? It says every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. So, you know, you're talking about a high level of intellect, you know, and the process and what they do to damage the body of Messiah. So what what do we want to do is we want to recognize who's who in the body of Messiah so that we can be a support to each other and protect 
what the Father is doing within our lives against the wolves in sheep's clothings. And there's plenty of wolves out there that, you know, they, 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 they can talk the talk, walk the walk, but we've got to identify by the fruits who people are and what the Holy Spirit is saying. So this is why it's vitally important that we understand the gifts of the Spirit, that we have discernment in the Spirit. You know, I've heard some wacko stuff. Let me tell you something. You know, I've been around the block for, you know, quite a number of years, and some of the things I have heard is just unbelievable on how people and, and groups make decisions, and they don't test things and approve things, and they come up with all sorts of nonsense and, you know, we've got to be careful for this type of stuff. We need mature believers to walk together and we need to grow. And we've got to get to that place where we're no longer infants tossed back and forth. So what's happening in the area of spiritual maturity in your life? Do you desire to grow stronger in your faith? What does that look like? You know, how do we get to that place where we are applying it, you know, Are we worthy of the calling that we have received? Do we recognize the calling of Yehovah? It's like one of our brothers shared uh, yesterday. He says, you know, I'm in that place of identification. What next? What needs to take place at this next stage? And, you know, hallelujah, he's praying and fasting through this next season. And what's going to come out of that time of praying and fasting? Understanding and deeper maturity in the Spirit, and a greater spiritual alertness to His calling and election. And, you know, this is what it is about. What price are you willing to pay to walk in the ways of Yehovah? You know, I don't just wake up in the morning, it all just happens. Let me tell you something. Years and years of dedication before the presence of Yehovah applying the word, being taught in the word, being secure in who he is, learning from others, you know, being connected with others. Don't be on your own. Sometimes you can have seasons where you are on your own. It happened to Paul. He had seasons in his life where the the, the early uh, KLM believers, the assembly, didn't know what to do with him. Like, oh, I'm not coming tonight. What, you've got that guy Paul there? Ha! Huh. No, no, he's the one who persecutes and kills believers. I'm not coming. So, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, uh, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Messiah. So let me ask a question. Who's the head? The Messiah, Yeshua, he's the head. When is he the head? Oh, brother, when he returns. He will be the king of kings. What, you mean he's not the king of kings right now? Oh, he's not. he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords right now. That's who he is. He is the head of the body today. If you're a part of the body of Messiah, where do we take our instructions? What does it say in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2? That we have the mind of Messiah. So it's not about your mind and operation and your will and your purpose, but it's about us yielding to who he is, humbling ourselves, recognizing who he is. You know, we're, we're making our calling and election sure. What are we doing? We're recognizing the importance of being qualified 
as a believer to receive the calling. So you can't just live your own life to be qualified, to be worthy. That's what it means to be worthy. Worthy uh, of your calling that you you have received, that you are receiving. To be worthy is to be qualified. Okay? That you accept what the Father is saying. Um, You know, when we say I'm not worthy, we're not, I don't recognize this anointing in my life. I don't recognize what the Father is saying to me. So we've got to go from not being worthy to being worthy. So let's just read that verse that says, I urge you, verse 1 of chapter 4, to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So you don't have to be unworthy when we understand the calling that we have received. And we we, we operate in the authority and in the anointing that the Father has placed on us with what? A humble heart, being gentle and being patient, bearing with one another in love, recognizing, you know what? This is a journey. You know, when you have a newborn baby, let me tell you something, it's just going to poop. You don't put that diaper on, that nappy as we say in Scotland, if you don't have that nappy on that child, man, I'm telling you what, there's going to be poop everywhere. And, you know, and many times that's what we see in the body of Messiah. It's just poop all over the place. <laughs> and we've got to get to that place where we get that, that diaper on, go through the process of weaning, maturing, growing in Yehovah, so that we can be more effective in the presence of Yehovah. Okay, so where are we at here? So we're recognizing that Messiah is the head. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I want to encourage you. If you don't know the calling and election that's over your life, it's okay. If you're a baby Messiah, look, if you're walking a Messiah, you're 20 years, 30 years, and you still haven't got these things worked out, you need a vacation. And you need to set yourself aside and say, I'm willing to pay the price, Father, that you will bring me into alignment. And if you can't take a vacation, I'm not telling you throw your job away. Maybe maybe that's what you have to do. Maybe you have to sell your house, go live in a desert island. <laughs> Listen, whatever the Father calls you to do, you need to do it. But are you serious about living your life for Yeshua? Are you serious about putting everything on the line? How much do you want uh, the life in Messiah? When in Messiah, the life that he gives you is life more abundantly. You know, I I shared yesterday about cleaning the shed out, you know. I'm finding stuff going back, you know. Some of it's going back like 30 years but, you know, there's there's some notes and personal notes and things in there. And I'm reading through some of the content. And I recognize the spiritual warfare, the hardship, the difficulties. I even found our first newsletters as a married couple. <laughs> you know, and just reading some of that content, sitting there thinking, man, look at what the Father's doing. Hallelujah. This is amazing. Look at the look, look at where I was at at this stage, how I saw things, how Haley saw things and where we are today. Glory, glory, hallelujah. But we didn't choose the easy life. We didn't choose the easy way. When we got married, we didn't get things to fill our house. We got suitcases as gifts. People were sending us, go into the nations. Sorry I didn't buy you towels and 
you know, uh, stuff for your your new home as a new married couple. Here's money to be missionaries. Here's suitcases. Here's all the things that you need to go into the nations and preach the gospel. That's what we received at our wedding. What a blessing. And that's our lifestyle today. 30 years later, we're still living that life. You know, we don't own a house. We're still out there sowing everything that we get into the purpose of the kingdom. Make it count for Yeshua. And what a blessing. Yep, it's not easy. It's very difficult. It's very difficult many times. But when we know who he is, oh, glory, glory, hallelujah. It is all worth it. And this is what we see in this verse. From him, from Messiah, the whole body is joined and held together by every support and ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I want to encourage you. Be about the purposes of Elohim. Oh, praise Yahovah. Man, I tell you, people are being set free. You're you're getting it. The bigger picture is open, opening up. You know, I believe there's someone watching right now. You're about to make a career decision, and that career decision... <clears throat> is about to take you down completely the wrong road and the wrong destiny. And you need to pause and stop right now in Yeshua's name and listen to the counsel of the Spirit. What is the call of Yahovah? Don't do anything until you receive the call of Yahovah on your life. What's the Ruach HaKodesh saying to you? Don't go down the wrong path. Hallelujah. Each part has to do its work. Praise the name of Yeshua. Father, we thank you for your word today, that your word is alive. And Father, more than anything, we want to be worthy of the calling that we have received. And how have we received it? We've received it from the laying on of hands, the confirmation of others, receiving it in your presence. Father, we know that you are working in our lives And we don't want to be on our own. We want to be part of the body of Messiah that's growing up in love, that's mature, that's effective for the purpose of bringing salvation to a lost and broken generation. Help us not to lose heart. And Father, I pray if there is people watching who are struggling, they feel like their lives are locked up and they're limited to what they can do, for the kingdom. Father, will you give them the revelation of release to be effective for your kingdom? We lay our lives before you, and I love what it says at the beginning of Ephesians 2, Father. It says, humble yourselves, be gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love. And we just humbly come before you, Father, and say, here we are. Send us, use us for the purpose of your kingdom. Protect our families May our families witness what it truly means. May our children see what it truly means to walk in the, in the calling of Yahovah. That as a family we can be effective. That as a body of Messiah we can be effective. That as individuals we can be effective. Thank you, Father. We commit this word to you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with today's message as uh, we just open up the scriptures. If you're blessed and encouraged, please email. Let us know, you know, if this word is an encouragement to you. Email me, Kenny, at com, 
don't forget, we have monthly newsletters. You can go on and read our newsletters on buildoseoffaith.com. Just hit on the newsletter section and you will see it there. We've got lots of resources as well on the website. You can look at our YouTube channel uh, through the website, uh, Buildos of Faith. Just put it in Google or whatever, and you will see different uh, teachings and series and things that are there to help you and encourage you in your walk in Yeshua. If you're blessed with the ministry, consider sowing into the work that we are doing, especially at this time. We are on countdown, effectively, from today on the 15th of next month. Uh, you know, we are uh, we have our, our moving company coming, and <laughs> by faith in Yeshua's name, hallelujah, we had them going around all the stuff today, getting things organized. The 15th of next month, that's one month, and we do not have one penny for the cost of this move. But by the grace of Yahovah, he will supply. If you want to sow into the work of the ministry and you want to sow into this next season of what's going to be happening with Bulldoze of Faith and Got Life Ministries, you can go to bulldozeoffaith.com, stand with us and sow a seed into the work. Thank you so much for being with me today. Don't forget, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, give us a thumbs up. If you're watching, <laughs> I think it's thumbs up or it's like the like button. If you're watching on Facebook, no, the like is Facebook, thumbs up. I, well, I don't know. What do I know? Let me click on it and find out what it really is. Oh, it's thumbs up on both, is it? All right, give us a thumbs up if you've enjoyed being blessed and encouraged with this message. And take a moment and share this with someone who you believe will be encouraged with this message. Until tomorrow, shalom, shalom.